Welcome to the WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio Shareathon. Today, we will be live on the air until 6 o'clock p.m. with guest hosts from the local community. And to say thank you for your financial support, we have some great gifts to enrich your Catholic faith. Operators are standing by right now to take your tax-deductible pledge. So call 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit wsficatholicradio.org to make your donation online. Well, hello and welcome to the first day of our 2019 Shareathon. Today is our sixth anniversary of WSFI being on the air. It's also the 40th anniversary of Fulton Sheen, Venerable Fulton Sheen, hopefully soon to be beatified Fulton Sheen. Um, it's the anniversary of his going to his eternal reward. And I know in my heart that uh, Fulton Sheen had a lot to do with us being able to have this local Catholic radio station in our area. Today and tomorrow we'll be asking you to please donate at 224-206-8455. The project that we're hoping to fund this year is one that's very near and dear to most Catholics' heart. Hearts. Um, Joan McHugh, who uh, was on the radio all the time with us, we, we she went to her eternal reward this March, and she had an incredible collection of books, both ones that she authored and ones that she read, that have um, been given to WSFI. And it was her dream and my dream and our dream to start a Catholic resource center. So many of you know we've distributed tens of thousands of metals and holy water and salt. And the idea was that this Catholic Resource Center would be a distribution point that we could now include borrowing authentic Catholic books, free and no charge. St. Elizabeth Seton said Catholic education should be free, and we agree with her. So uh, we have a little space across the hall from the studio here, but we need bookcases to put all these books in. So our hope is we're estimating about $800 per section. Uh, we'll have different sections. One, of course, will be on the Eucharist because most of Joan's writing was on the Eucharist. One will be a pro-life bookcase. One will be a sports and faith bookcase. One will be on the Catholic Church teachings, apologetics. I'm not sure I'm wild about that word. So you get the idea. So if you'd like to donate uh, right off the bat a bookcase with the title, we'll put a plaque of yours or your organization's name on that bookcase, but our goal is that for the next two days we raise enough money so that we will have the Joan McHugh Catholic Resource Center up and running by the anniversary of her death in March. So that's a lofty goal, but we have someone that we know that the theme this Shareathon is, in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. And who better to kick off the Shareathon today is our next guest, Dr. Peter Howard. So, Dr. Peter Howard, welcome. You have held a, you hold a doctorate in sacred theology from the Angelicum in Rome. He's one of the world's foremost experts on the life and works of Archbishop Sheen. He is the founder of the Fulton Sheen Institute and now serves as president. He is the author of The Woman, which is the authoritative book on Fulton Sheen's Mariology. And he's traveled internationally helping others discover this future saint. He's been featured on Catholic television and radio programs such as EWTN, Catholic Answers Live, 
The Patrick Mag Madrid Show, Catholic TV, Shalom World, Radio Maria, and also Bonnie. He's also been on the alternative Catholic radio station, <laughs> Relevant Radio. <laughs> uh, Dr. Howard and his wife, Chantel, are also the founders of Heroic Families. And Dr. Howard, welcome. I understand you'll be in town pretty soon. Uh, I will be, Angela. Thank you for having me on uh, on your share signs. It's been a great privilege. Well, we had you on a while ago. I think we interviewed you with the uh, on the Men of Christ radio show with Brian Farley. It was a little bit, or maybe I did the interview. I'm not trying to remember, but I remember it was one of my favorites, so I'm glad to have you back. Oh, well, it's great to be back. Yeah, it'll be great to be back in, uh, in Illinois in just a few days. Uh, I'll be up there for a couple of, of talks. And people can come to meet you either on December 16th at Holy Cross Catholic Church, which is in Batavia, Illinois, at 6 o'clock. There's a reception, and 6.30 to 8.30, there'll be a presentation and questions and answers. So if you'd like to meet Dr. Howard, I'm sure that uh, it will be a memorable experience for people, especially this time of year with all the Christmas madness. It's wonderful that you're in town to kind of keep us focused on the reason for the season, so to speak. That's right. Well, as you know, too, uh, one of the other reasons I was coming out there, too, was for the <laughs> the previously scheduled beatification. So oh. God has a way to, to work things out. Oh, so Bonnie, I'm actually there <laughs> until the 22nd. <laughs> we were all planning to so. go from here. We were just... Sometimes God's timing is unbelievable. <laughs> Yes, it is. I'm impressed that you're a man of your word. Others may have canceled this because the beatification was canceled, but you're coming anyway. Well, it's important to, uh, you know, to, to make the most of all the time that even that, that leads up to the beatification, whether it, you know, if it was the 22nd or 21st or whenever it may be. I mean, this, is, this has been a mission of mine way before the beatification. I mean, she, Sheen has been a part of my life for 20 years. And so the beatification just kind of, um, you know, adds a little bit of rocket fuel to uh, my passion to, to get him out there because there's still so few that really get Fulton Sheen other than, you know, their uh, experiences with him on TV a little bit or, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of amazed how many people really don't know the full picture of this great man. How, how did you get introduced to him? It was by... <laughs> by chance, it was by providence. I was, uh, like I said, it was about 20, 20 years ago. It was 1998, and I was uh, taking a retreat, a personal retreat, when I lived in Dallas, Texas at that time. And I was discerning God's vocation in my life, and, and my sister gave me this uh, cassette series <laughs> back when uh, our cars could play them. And um, I I was like, okay, I, I've heard of this man. She's like, oh yeah, this is Archbishop Sheen, and uh, our pastor who recently died, he, he went to, he was actually at this retreat, and it radically changed his entire life, and he lived this retreat until he died. And he was very young, I think he had died of cancer. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I am discerning God's vocation, I'll, I'll kind of give this, this man a shot. I'd, I'd only heard of Fulton Sheen, you know, he was never used in any of my classes, you know, I was a recent graduate of Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of studies there, but like he, he would, he was in my classes, he was never really ever referenced. And so anyway, I put this cassette uh, 
thing in, and I'm like, I'll give him a, I'll give him basically 15, 20 minutes and see if this guy's going to connect with me. <laughs> and it, it only took about, it only took about three or four minutes, and then I felt like he was sitting next to me on my three and a half hour drive, and I knew that my life was not going to be the same. And it was, it's kind of a, a, a strange feeling to know that with such a little exposure like that. But I remember just staying in the car. And I listened for, you know, uh, the next spiritual conference, because it was a retreat he gave in 1972 to the seminarians at Holy Trinity Seminary in Dallas. Oh. And so, but it was a remastered version of it. So it's, it's, it sounded like he was right there. And, uh, and if I didn't know, you know when it was, I would have felt like, uh, who is this man? Like, you know, I want to find out where he is and <laughs> go visit his parish. But, uh, you know, he was, he just seemed like he was a timeless voice of great, not just inspiration, but authority, you know. And so that began my um, my love and devotion for Fulton Sheen, because when that was over, I mean, I just played that retreat over and over. I basically had it memorized. And then I started getting my hands on, on things that he had written. And then, you know, a few years, I don't know, four or five years later, I was in Rome, I was studying, and when it came time to uh, start looking at my doctorate, he had just become a servant of God, and that what year made was it that? in the theological. Yeah. Dr. Howard, I'm sorry, Dr. Howard. What year was that when he became venerable? Well, I think it was two. I think it was two thousand five. Oh, venerable was two thousand twelve. Okay. And so, right, and so, but. His cause, like the initial beginnings was like in 2002, 2005, a servant of God. And then it, that, for the, from, a, from the sake of, uh, or the standpoint of theological study uh, on a doctorate level, that made him what they would call kind of a valid theological source, um, because his life was being considered by Rome at that point. And then, um, so anyway, I... I I got my subject approved. I had a great passion for our Blessed Mother. You know, I, I always wrote on her whenever I could for my thesis and in my studies. I always focused on her. Uh, she, you know, she opened up all of theology for me in, in all of its dimensions. And then when Fulton Sheen got added to this picture, I, I simply saw that this was, a, this was a man who could, not only did he understand the faith, he was a master communicator and teacher of it. And this is probably one of the greatest tragedies in the theological world, is that he's not acknowledged like that, as, as like a, a master theologian, you know, because, because his audiences were not academics, primarily. I mean, he spoke around the country and the world, but his audiences were you, me, and, you know, people at home, and, um, and, and predominantly non-Catholic once he hit television in the, in the 1950s. So... Uh, but he, he had a gift to communicate truth and, and, and lead people to the Christian philosophy of life in a way that I've never heard. Even today, nobody has, I haven't found somebody who could do that. Mm. So he's, he's, a, he's our perfect model. And, and so he, for me, he was like a spiritual father all along. And as the cause developed, of course, you know, I, I was, I've been speaking on Fulton Sheen in, in smaller ways ever since the turn of the millennium. Um, but with the cause gaining steam, and then of course it was a little bit more excitement about it over the body, you know that turned more attention to him. Um, but you know what I'm doing now, in certain respects, is not very different than what I was doing then, except for 
I'm now putting every ounce of energy I have to to really get his 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 life, his example, his teaching, his wisdom, and help Americans, especially the Catholic Americans, to see that he's the man that God has chosen for this time for our country right now. He's the guy, <laughs> you know. And we're on December 9th, and this is the day he died. And it's, I I would love just to talk about that significance for a couple of hours. Maybe we can a little bit this morning. Um, but this is uh, this is very significant because Fulton Sheen said God doesn't do anything in history without the greatest finesse of detail, uh. and this day, December ninth, is an enormously significant significant day, uh, the day that God chose to to bring into heaven. Other than other than the um, the incarnation of WSFI Catholic Radio, what else happened on December ninth, Doctor Howard? Well, December 9th, what, okay, let's just, we'll start with today. <laughs> Today's, we're, we're celebrating, interestingly enough, the Solemnity de Immaculate Conception, normally yes. celebrated on December 8th, Yes. you know, in, in the West. But most don't know that, and I didn't know for a long time, that the original uh, celebration of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception was, December 9th in the Eastern Church, going all the way back to like the 5th century in, in Syria. And it was only, you know, later on, centuries later, where it started being celebrated in the West on the 8th. And so, uh, and December 8th is, uh, for our country, significant because it's the, the title of Mary, the Immaculate Conception, under which our country was consecrated to her back in 1847. You know, and that was before... That was before the dogma of the Immaculate Conception in 1854. It was before Mary appeared in Lourdes, France in 1858, when she said, I am the Immaculate Conception. There's something very special, this connection between Mary under this the title and role of the Immaculate Conception and the United States. And <clears throat> so the fact that uh, Fulton Sheen, he died on this day uh, on, well, the ninth, but I'm, what I'm trying to paint is a little bit. There's there's a deeper significance of these dates that links the eighth and the ninth. Mm-hmm. And another reason why that's significant is because he would he he often said that the two things that he prayed for for himself in his life was that he would die in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and on a feast day of Our Lady. And so when I first had heard. You know, when I learned that he died on the ninth, I kind of got upset. I was like, "Oh man, he just missed it." <laughs> you know, oh, he got a, he he got his great feast day and then he died. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, well, first off, they, they he did get his wish. He, they found him in his chapel before the Blessed Sacrament, and he had died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So he was there. He died in front of our Lord. And the reason why the ninth is even more majestic, I guess you can say, when it comes to the life of Sheen is because December 9th is, is, is not only the, the historical beginning or origins of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception in the Church, it is the day that our Lord sent His Mother to the Americas to start the evangelization of the Americas in 1531 when she appeared in Mexico City. And, um, and so... If you know, um, if you, if you uh, research more the uh, significance of Our Lady Guadalupe, the the name that she appeared um, 
when she uh, was speaking to Juan Diego and then to his uncle, she would have spoken Aztec, and pretty much every historian would have agreed with that because they were Aztecs. And the name that she uh, revealed to them was a word called Quatrasupe. You know, and and in in the Aztec, when you break down that word, it means the 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 woman or the one who crushes the serpent. Wow! And that is, yeah, Genesis three fifteen, and Genesis three fifteen is the is the the, the core um, scripture passage of the Old Testament that the Church uses for the readings of the Immaculate Conception, and so. Um, so here you are, you have a connection with Our Lady as the macro conception of 1531 in the New World, and that is um, under which, you could say, the title under which she's going to be launching uh, Spreading Christ to All of the Americas, and and then later on she appears in Lord Francis, I am the Immaculate Conception, and if you look at the images of Our Lady Guadalupe and Our Lady of Lourdes, they're very, very similar, even in her posture. And so you have this woman in the old world and in the new world, and this mystery of Mary's the Immaculate Conception is linking the, the two worlds. So when it comes to Fulton Sheen and his, um, his death on the 9th, there's, I think that there's, there's just so many layers of more than just mere coincidence that speak to what is God trying to tell the Church, especially in America, why he's now lumped, you can say, Fulton Sheen into this mystery, because he was the icon for the new evangelization in the Americas. And this, this, when um, he, uh, not just his ability to communicate truth, but what made him the saint that he was, his daily holy hours, consecration to Mary, and um, and now Our Lady is basically saying, you know, he, look to this man. You know, putting Sheen on the stage doesn't obscure the significance of Our Lady Guadalupe and the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Matter of fact, he becomes like a little mini magnifying glass to help us to see, wow, okay, he's going to show us this path. And the more we discover Sheen, the more we see that this is crystal clear. And that's been my mission you know, for, for so long, but especially now, to, to help parishes to see this all around the country. That is so beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the voice of Dr. Peter Howard. Dr. Peter Howard is, uh, well, I guess he's the president of the Fulton Sheen Institute, and I can see why after hearing what he has to say. We're in the first day of our share here. We need you to pick up the phone. Bonnie, what's the number that they should call? Oh, they should call 224-206-8455. Or if you're a techie, go online immediately to WSFICatholicRadio.org and make a wonderful donation to keep programs like this on the air, programs that enrich our Catholic life. Anyone who donates during this time will receive a gift from a spiritual goodie bag, which includes a lot of things you should have, holy oil, blessed salt, a rosary guide, and many more. And help us with raising money to get this Joan McHugh resource library up and running. $800 for a bookcase. We need three or four for her books. Uh, so please, think about a donation for $100 would give you our daily Eucharist, which is written by Joan, 
or a beautiful gold-plated wooden frame of divine mercy, or homemade cookies by Irene Sherpata. And if you've cookies. never tasted <laughs> Irene's cookies, you have something to look forward to because they're out of this world. For $250, a Schwarzky rosary, and how appropriate on, on the anniversary of Bishop Sheen's death to have a rosary, and a special rosary, a rosary that uh, you pray in thanksgiving for his life and for the promotion of his wonderful work. Um, Healing the Whole Person CDs or a ticket to your choice of an upcoming event Sports Faith Hall of Fame, which is going to be on May 30th. If you've never attended, donate $500 and come. It's an experience you will love. Or a custom rosary. So for $1,000, you would get Joan's entire collection of books. And believe me, they will enrich your spiritual life. And they will help WSFI become a resource center for authentic Catholic liturgy, plus a surprise present. We do. And why don't we do this, Bonnie, for the first donor this hour. Uh, Dr. Howard and WSFI just worked out an arrangement where we can make his, his books available, which is the authoritative um, source for Fulton Sheen's talks and writings on Mariology. So why don't we do this, Bonnie, for the first person who makes any donation in addition to or giving them the gifts at that level. How about an autographed copy from Dr. Howard of that book, which it sounds like it is, uh, I'm already hooked, Dr. Howard. I'm already hooked on, uh, I think we, should, we might need a Fulton Sheen bookcase, Bonnie. I think we should. Well, and you know what? Did he do? Angela, let's match that. I will make the first pledge for that book, and I'm waiting for a match. Wow. Right on the air, right now. Wow. Call 224 206 8455. Or if you're a techie, go immediately online, wsficatholicradio.org, and donate. This is a gift. You will, you have to have. It's great, and maybe get two of them—one for you and one to give to someone who, uh, some someone as a president of the tree. So the other thing I just want to mention, Bonnie, is we talked about um, Irene's cookies, which oh. we've been feasting on here. Uh, so she's going to make this homemade, these homemade cookies and candies uh, for people who donate ten dollars a month or a one-time donation of $100, and rather than put them in the mail, we were thinking at WSFI, we'll do like a little open house here in Libertyville. We'll do it on Sunday, December 15th, from 2.30 to 4 o'clock, and Dr. Howard's gonna be in town. So, it looks like Fulton Sheen's got us all cracking here, Dr. Howard, so if you wanna come by and pick up, you have to pick up the cookies, we can't mail them, you'll get a chance to meet Dr. Howard and maybe sign, get a signed copy of one of his books. How can you turn that down? What an opportunity. Again, call 224-206-8455 or go online, wsficatholicradio.org. So, Dr. Howard, we're supposed to go back to regularly scheduled program, but I'm not going to do it because I just want to hear you talk. Tell us about Fulton Sheen's life and his career. Well, let's see. 
um, his, his life obviously is quite fascinating, even though it's uh, a very humble beginning. You know, he's from, he grew up in central Illinois. Uh, El Paso is where um, he was born, and a uh, real simple family. Um, they were farmers, and so he had an early farming life when he was very young. Um, he never liked it, though. <laughs> he was a he loved to read, and he had mentioned at one point or at a few points that he struggled with how to dealing with chickens for so long that he never wanted to eat them later on. <laughs> so I don't know if that's if if he if that was just an exaggeration or not. But at any rate, he eventually uh, they moved to Peoria, and he went you know he's going to Catholic schools there, and he had just excelled from an early age. He was a very gifted, very gifted young man, uh, great intellect. Um, and uh, he had a, uh, one thing that stood out during his younger years was he had uh, an experience with the Bishop of uh, Peoria, uh, uh, Bishop Spalding, and there was a, a school named after him already, and, um, and uh, he was serving Mass, and while he was serving Mass, he, he dropped one of the glass cruets, you know, with the water and the wine during the the offertory, and um, he said that there's there's no sound that is as loud as a glass cruet hitting a marble floor, and um, but Bishop Spalding never said anything about it. He never addressed it after mass. He didn't even mention it to him. You know, you, he was petrified. He thought he might get chewed out, and <laughs> maybe rightfully so. Or, um, but Bishop Spalding just looked at him and he says, "Have you ever heard of the University of Louvain?" Hmm. And he said, no, I haven't. And and so he's like, well, one day you're going to go there and you're going to be just like me. And so he's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, he didn't really think much more of it beyond that until many, many years later, after he was uh, on the path to priesthood and then he was ordained, he eventually went to overseas to study because he wanted to find an institute that was out there uh, that could teach him all the all that was current in the, in the thinking of the world, and then also how to be extremely well formed in philosophy um, and theology, but especially philosophy, to be able to answer all of its problems that it was you know that it had. And so, um, when he set foot there after he was ordained in 1919, he he remembered what Bishop Spalding said to him, and it, it was a prophecy that came true. Um, wow. And so, um, and what's interesting too, I had mentioned 1919. You know, he was ordained a priest uh, for the Diocese of Peoria in on, on September 20th of 1919. So we are also now in the 100th anniversary of his priesthood. Uh, so we have a lot of things converging at this very moment: the 100th anniversary of his priesthood, uh, the 40th anniversary of his death, um, and so a lot of exciting. Uh, things just pointing to uh, the spotlight on this man. And then after uh, he was um, uh, ordained and went to, to Belgium, he, he excelled in their institute there. He got uh, not only a doctorate, but he was offered a chance to take what's called a super doctorate. And uh, he, uh, it's, it's just a grueling process. You know, you have like an all-day interviews with professors and from even outside the university in Europe. And he, um, and he had to write a book for it as well. And he, um, when, it, when it came to the examination, he said that you knew what you got for your grade by what you were served for dinner. <laughs> and so he, 
He said, yeah, if you got water, you passed. If you got beer, you, you did a little bit better than that. Um, and then if you got wine, you passed with uh, kind of like a, a higher distinction. And then if you got champagne, then you, you passed with the highest distinction. And uh, he said, oh, the champagne tasted so great that night. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so he was the first American to ever do that. And, uh, and then the book that he wrote won an, uh, an award in Europe for uh, the greatest uh, work on philosophy at that at that time. Do you remember what God the name of that was? Do you remember the name of that book? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. so, um, yeah. It's called God and Intelligence. God and Intelligence. You can you can find it somewhere. It's out there. I have a copy. Um, I have to track one down about fifteen years ago. <laughs> wow. um, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's his doctorate that was worked into his book, but it's Fulton Sheen, so he also knows how to write. So that you know, and that's what he wants. He wants people to understand what he's what he's trying to say. So it's you know, it's a little, it's obviously deep, but it's it's definitely a great read. Um, and G.K. Chesterton wrote the the introduction to it, which was really nice. So um, anyway, so he that was just his academic side of things. He, uh, his bishop told him to come home, um, and he had to work. You could say at a parish, a poor parish before being released, and he, and he had a big teaching career at the Catholic University of America for over 20 years. Standing room only were his classes, and then he's... That's when we got... When the rest of America got a chance to, to meet him, was he would then go out and speak. Uh, he would you know, preach at various parishes or St. Patrick's Cathedral, and then he got in, in, um, introduced to, a, to radio, and they uh, let him you know, have a crack at... Uh, the, what was called the Catholic Hour, and that was just a direct presentation of Catholic doctrine. Um, and uh, he was already known as a as a master orator, and so that went over really well. For about twenty years, he was doing that, um, and then he, around nineteen fifty, became bishop. Um, bishop uh, or Cardinal Spellman was the Archbishop of New York, and he just took him under his wing. And uh, Cardinal Spellman was also the director for the Society for the Propagation of the Faith, which is, you know, oversees all the missionary activity of the churches in the world. And he took Sheen around the world with him. So Sheen, you know, that was his exposure to really the global picture of things. Um, and then uh, he was chosen to be the successor. And uh, then, so around early 1950s, he was that. He was uh, the the director of that and then he entered then he was given a crack at television so that's when everybody else got to really know him because next thing you know they're like who's this man in his cape and this regalia you know at uh, prime time on abc wow and for seven you know so and that's what most people are familiar with now more than he probably you know his catholic hour radio show was you know oh who's this guy because everybody could see him and he was you know very dramatic and um, but he had to change his whole approach to how he was communicating because he wasn't talking to Catholics anymore. And I think that was the genius of Sheen is that, you know, he was able to take people um, from just a common truth that they could grasp to then something of, you know, a profound death or something, you know, things divine. And back then you could do that. You know, today, they, if you probably mentioned Christ, they'd cancel your show the next day. But... <laughs> Unless, you're like, unless you're like using his name in vain, you know, and then they then they probably get better ratings. 
But back then, you know, he was able. I mean, he really in, he inserted the Catholic Church in into the map of of uh, of the country. I mean, it, people don't realize that the Catholic Church, even today, obviously isn't very well accepted. But it's never been a, 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 um, any kind of you know massive cultural force until Sheen really brought it in. You know, he he found a way to do it, and that's why he's such a model for evangelization, um, because. You know, we've got we, we've got a big challenge to how do we insert the gospel when people don't even want to like Christ has, has it's not like they don't know about him it's just that he's been rejected culturally speaking so um, he found a way to do it and so anyway he did that first you know seven years and um, then there's a lot of behind the scenes that I, I probably don't have time to get into, but and then his show got pulled off the air because he got he got into a, a rift with Cardinal Spellman, um, and that actually uh, led to a, a, a difficult moment in his life for about ten years. What was the rift um, about? Do you mind and, me asking? Well, there were two instances, and essentially, uh, they were um, the first one was Cardinal Spellman was no longer the director for the Society of the Propagation of the Faith, and he was always trying to dabble into the the finances of it you know as if like he still had access and he'd travel around you'd bring gifts to people and all those things and then Fulton Sheen he did what nobody else did he told him no wow he couldn't do it and that was like people (laughs) Cardinal Stummel was a very powerful man Um, you know his Fulton Sheen's biography is called America's Bishop The Life and Times of Fulton Sheen by Thomas Reeves um but Cardinal Spellman's biography is called America's Pope. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was a he was a very powerful man, and everyone in the church, you know, in Europe, they knew it. And so, for Sheen to then tell him no was the first. Uh, That's the first kind shoe of the that chink drops. in the armor. Yeah. What was the yeah, second? Yeah, and and um, so anyway, uh, these things went all the way to Rome, and and. Rome would side with Fulton Sheen, saying, like, yeah, he's right, you can't do that. And so that didn't go over well either, because he was so concerned about looking good and having all these good relationships over there. The next one was the, was the he tried to, uh, Cardinal Spellman came into millions of dollars worth of powdered milk, and he was going to give them to the society. But then he said, well, the society needs to pay me for these. And, and Sheen knew that he didn't pay a dime for them. Like, I'm not, you know, we're not going to give you all this money. And then this, this, that was, that didn't go over well. And then that conversation went, or that, that battle went all the way to Rome in front of Paul VI and Fulton Sheen basically put out all the records and said, look, this is, he's lying. Wow. <laughs> and, and in front of the Pope, Cardinal Spellman was shown to be a liar and um, he lost face with the Pope and that was it. And so he sought to destroy Fulton Sheen. And this began, you could probably say, a long saga with Fulton Sheen and the Archdiocese of New York, because, uh, you know, that was a rough, rough time. He pulled the plug on his show immediately. That's well, why he, Sheen dropped off the air in 57. How could he pull the plug? And then... How could he do that? Well, because it was through the graces of um, the Archdiocese of New York that he was allowed to... Oh. to do the show. I mean, he had the popularity, but it was through the Archdiocese of New York that they uh, began the show with a small network, and then ABC took it on. But he still, 
he was still connected um, as an auxiliary bishop for the for the Archdiocese of New York. So, um, anyway, so yeah, he didn't have that kind of way to get around it. So it was it was pulled the the plug was pulled overnight, and then um, he, it, it behind the scenes, Cardinal Stalma was out to destroy his reputation in any any way that he could. And so it was a ten year period that Sheen said. Um, was the hardest of his life, where he he learned to go much deeper into his priesthood, um, and um, it, it it made him. I, mean, I, I really believe this was probably the time where he became, uh, you know, the the greater saint that that he is, is because he was kind of in the crossfires and and being persecuted and kind of uniting himself with the with the suffering Christ. And that's when he wrote his great work, The Life of Christ. Um, and that's also how we know that it was Cardinal Spellman that was really his thorn, because at, um, I think it was the second reprint of it, he mentioned the, the, the period of, of time that he had, was suffering when he wrote this book. And it ended the year that Cardinal Spellman died. <laughs> so, <Wow>. um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, but then, you know, then he ended up being Bishop of Rochester, New York, after the Second Vatican Council, um, for only hardly three years, 66 to 69. And then uh, afterward, he he said he wasn't retiring, but he was retreading. And so he <laughs> really dedicated his last, um, you know, almost 10 years of his life doing retreats and especially for priests and, and I'm grateful because it was that retreat that he gave in 72 to seminarians that changed that really changed my life even to you know today I'm not a priest but what he said is it, it has enormous applications to what it means to be to be Catholic and so anyway that's kind of how it was and then right before he died he had two months he met John Paul II and that was like kind of the, the stamp of his Approval and everything he ever did, because there's this emotional moment. It was October second of 1979. You know, so just two months before he died, where he uh, was called up and he, he uh, met John Paul II, who just became pope, really, and uh, hardly a year. And he told uh, Fulton Sheen, he said, you are a loyal son of the church. You have written and well. You have, you have written and spoken well of the Lord Jesus. You are a loyal son of the church. For Sheen, there's nothing better that he could have ever dreamed of hearing on, the, on a, a seal on everything he did on his life. And, um, and so, and then two months later, he, you know, he passed away in, in his residence in Manhattan on December 9th. So he was you know, that's just a cursory timeline of, of his life. Um, you know, filled in the gaps with, you know, six, over 66 books and hundreds or who knows, maybe thousands of articles. And he was, uh, you could, so his cost for canonization, you can just imagine what it was like to go through everything that he ever said and did. We're going to need two bookshelves, Bonnie. We're going to need two bookshelves in Jones Resource Center <laughs> for if we want to. need a library. <laughs> It's a library. The whole library. So, Bonnie, do you want to just jump in and talk about how we're listening to Dr. Howard? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. We're WSFI Sherathon. Call 224 206 8455. We're talking with Dr. Peter Howard about. 
Fulton Sheen, and you can't miss his talk. And I believe that we have an autographed book for a person who calls in. It's a match. I'm waiting for someone to call in. Go online, wsficatholicradio.org. Support us. We have a goal to have authentic Catholic literature, and we need some bookcases. And we have a gift for anybody who calls in. I'm waiting for the phone to ring. We're all waiting for the phone to ring. I am. Everyone's listening to Dr. Howard. And since we're talking to Dr. Howard, we have anybody who calls in a special examination of conscience book and Fulton Sheen prayer card only while the supply lasts. So call in for a donation of $100, Joan's book, My Daily Eucharist, or a beautiful gold-painted wooden frame of divine mercy, or homemade cookies if you're on the secular side and <laughs> and want to feast at Christmas time you cannot miss Irene's cookies uh, they're unbelievable and they will be fresh $250 a Swarovski rosary $500 healing the whole person's CDs or one ticket to your choice of an upcoming event which would include sports Sports Faith Hall of Fame on May 30th, 2020. And if you've never been, you must come. Or Custom Rosaries by Gary, personalized with your pick of a stone. They're the perfect gift for Christmas while we're talking about Bishop Fulton Sheen, who had a unbelievable devotion to Our Lady. Uh, Dr. Howard, my favorite book is The Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen, and I, I love, absolutely love the dedication. Maybe when you come back and I stop talking, you could tell me a little bit about that. And I also have a rosary when he was um, with the Propagation for the Society of the Faith, which has five different colors for every continent. So... Uh, Bishop Sheen was, uh, I kind of liked his angel on TV, uh, erasing his blackboard. It made it so personal for us, so very personal. Uh, Do you remember it, Bonnie? Do you remember him being on television? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, any everybody, don't miss this opportunity. And we have a surprise one-time gift. If you call 224-206-8455 or go online at WSFI Catholic Radio, help us to stay on the air with great guests like Dr. Peter Howard and uh, help us develop authentic Catholic uh, resource center here through the generosity of, of uh of Joan McHugh, who donated all of her books to WSFI Catholic Radio. So help us. Call 224-206-8455 or go online at wsficatholicradio.org. So, Dr. Howard, you wrote a book that we're talking about. Yes. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about what led you to write that book. Well, it first began with um, 
just my my great love and, and passion for our blessed mother. Uh, when I she she is behind my conversion, her multiple conversions in life, um, and uh, you know I owe her everything when it comes to just leading me deeper into my faith and deeper uh, to Christ Himself and a love for the church. Um, and and so like I had mentioned earlier, once uh, Fulton Sheen's cause for canonization was formally accepted and he was a servant of God and he was at that point still kind of fresh coming into my life I realized you know the world needs to discover um, what this man who has had such a tremendous wisdom and insight into the truths of life about God about what it means to be human um, what does he have to say about Mary and of course, it's a doctorate, so there is a it's a deeper level that you're going. Um, but but what was so important about Fulton Sheen is that theology is something that's always a subject. And what I mean by that, he he said most a lot of times theology is about things divine. He says, but theology is about Christ. You know, and 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 we need to encounter Christ. Theology then translates into how we pray, and the. Like the Second Vatican Council said, the, the truth about uh, our true devotion to Mary rests on the truth about Mary. So, all of these things were just a perfect timing for me to say, "Wow, I, I would love to be able to to explore everything he's written on Mary, and 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 to put together a work." And I put it under a, a, the specific title of of Mary as Mediatrix. And the reason I did that was because. What I had already known of that, on, on this beautiful teaching of Mary, is that it's the one teaching of Mary that really unites all the other teachings of Mary together. And that's why, for my book, I, it really is it's the heart of his, of his Mariology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it taps into every aspect of, of what we believe in, about Christ, the Church, the Holy Spirit, um, evangelization, um, what it means to be human, what it means in particular to be um, a woman, you know, um, an anthropological approach to that, and and Sheen just had it all. So that was for me. It was like, wow, this so, needs to be done. Doctor, and, let me just jump you know, in for a second. I got it done. Yeah. So there's four dogmas, are there not, right now in the church on Mary? Right. Yes. There's, what are the four that we mm-hmm. have so far? So we have the Mother of God. Yeah. That was the first one. Yes. And then we have Mary's perpetual virginity. Yes. And then we have. Uh, Mary's Immaculate Conception. Yes. And then we have Mary's Assumption. So we're missing this, huh? The Mediatrix of All Graces. It we're is. missing that. It is. And it's interesting. It is. And, and it's interesting. Fulton Sheen actually singled that out, saying that there's, a, there's, there's one yet that the Church needs to proclaim. And it, it, it indeed is this one is Mary's Mediatrix. And, and the reason he said that is because you know, essentially these other four. We, um, describe Mary and her role and relationship to God, and, you know, kind of indirectly to how she is therefore with us. But Mary's mediatrics, mediatrics of all graces, which has been a teaching of the Church for, you know, for since the earliest centuries, but especially of the last three centuries, it's been uh, uh, one of the key doctrines of Mary that has been more developed, you can say. Uh, Mary's mediatrics it explains how Mary relates to us, how she connects us to to the Holy Trinity, and so, um, and he said that, that that this is the one 
the one dogma that has yet to be proclaimed and should be because it makes sense now that she's in Mary and now that she's in Mary, now that she's in heaven how does she relate to us because she's active she's the mother of the church she's the uh, she's a title mother of men you know so her mediation applies to even non-Catholics to all humanity but Dr. Howard don't you so how do we understand that let me ask you a leading question here this doctrine that you're mentioning and also many of Fulton Sheen's teachings do you think the stumbling blocks, given the culture of today, where we're reaching out to uh, Protestant brothers and sisters, and we we're kind of downplaying Mary's role and also the role of the Eucharist. Um, if I understood your question correctly, in that is this how we're seeing it played out? Like that it's not being spoken because of those. Uh, perceived sensitivities, or yes. or is that how? Okay, yeah, yes, uh, that is what's going on. Um, and 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 in fact, the reality is quite the opposite. Is that the more people discover the truth about Mary, w- whether it be within uh, the the history of of the Church <clears throat> and its teaching, um, it always leads to a deeper, more profound understanding of Christ, because. For, for Fulton Sheen, the, the heart of everything with our faith, it comes to the Incarnation. Jesus is, he reveals to us the Father. It is through Jesus who he gives us his Spirit. Um, and, but it is by the Word becoming flesh that this happened. And how did he become flesh? What was God's infinite wisdom for all time? Was that he would not just take just any flesh, you know, or create a new flesh, he would take it from this woman. And <clears throat> what does that mean? And so, um, because from, from that moment on, from the moment Mary gives her yes to the angel, the mystery of the incarnation and, and the revelation of the Father and all these things is t- is, has Mary now tied up into this. And so when it comes to understanding what it means to be Christian, we have to understand what it means for it for Christ to be Christ. And so the Incarnation, which is why this is so beautiful, that the Church points our reflection, our contemplation, in, prepara- in, in preparation for Christmas during the season of Advent with Mary and the Immaculate Conception, because this was the, the privilege that prepared her for everything else in her life, to become the Mother of God. Um, and, and so... It's quite the opposite, just to give a short answer. Yeah. The more people discover this, the more they, uh, they fall in love with her, and they fall in love with God, because they begin to see how intimately he relates to humanity, because he, he worked with humanity, with Mary. And so what does she have to reveal you know, uh, to us? Because Jesus was formed by her. Yes, he was true God, but he was true man. And how powerful, too. You know, Dr. Howard, we do a lot, uh, our radio station, uh, annually we do healing and deliverance conferences, and one was on, um, we had Kyle Clement and Adam Bly, two people who train priests to be exorcists, and both of them, as well as a book that um, by, I think it's Father Beaumont, I don't know if you read them, all of them say the same thing, that generally when they are liberating someone from possession, the one who comes to liberate them is invariably the Blessed Mother. And a lot of times 
she will step in because that child, maybe when they were baptized, they were named Mary and the parents consecrated the child to Mary. So they may have gone on their wayward ways and done things that maybe they shouldn't have done that put them in that predicament. But at the end of the day, even though they forgot Mary, she never forgot them. Dr. Howard, she's the one who frees these people from the tyranny of the devil. She's the one that's crushing the head, not just for humanity as a whole, but she's doing it on a soul-to-soul basis. So for us to neglect her, you know, and you know, not to push forward this doctrine, I think it's almost spiritual malpractice. Because I think that what she does as the mediate, like you said, it's the mediatrix of all graces. What she does is uh, she gets for us the things that maybe on our own we could never get. So I don't mean to add fuel to the fire here, but um, it's just so interesting. You know, we always no, want it, it, that, that, yeah, that, that's very true. And the popes have been very clear on this. If you look at the past 150 years. I mean, this is not something that has just been pulled out of a hat and let's put a little fancy Latin word to it. Um, it, it it's, this is the Holy Spirit is shining light on who his spouse is because this goes back, you know, to Louis de Montfort. You know, he that Jesus is always, always the fruit of the union, the mystical union between the Holy Spirit and Mary. The incarnation is this union, true God and true man, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, that's never going to change. And so, the, in, in our culture today, the devil, who as as the Holy Spirit is trying, you could say, with the efforts to within the church to make his spouse more known, like like he did at Lord, Mary reveals herself as the Immaculate Conception. I mean, that's different than saying Mary was conceived without sin. The two, they're two different statements altogether, and this is what kept St. Maximilian Kolbe obsessed with, like, what does she mean by that? Because explain it. That's explain a, it. That statement. <laughs> you want me to explain that in like a minute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like full <Fulton> Singwood. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, okay. You're putting me to the test here. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll try to summarize Kolbe's thoughts. Is <clears throat> to say I am is a it's a metaphysical statement. It's like an ontological statement. Like, like what, what, what you are, you know, not a, just a title. It's who you are. Like God, God reveals himself in the burning bush. I am who am. Well, when Bernadette's like, woman, will you please tell me your name? Or lady, you know, would you please tell me your name? Well, when she gives like who she is, she does it out of reluctance. And she says, I am the American exception. And so Ma- Maximian Colby's saying, this is, this is much more. You know, and he says, not only that, Immaculate Conception is a title that we give to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the uncreated, Immaculate Conception of Love that is exchanged between the Father and the Son. And so with, how could Mary use that, say that that's who she is? And let's say Maximilian Colby would say, look, our language is, is very limited, so we can only go so far in grasping this. He says, but it's, think of it this way. Spousal language is the most intimate language that we can speak of. Or using the language of possession. You know, even like demonic possession. It doesn't possess the soul, but it completely possesses the body and uh, that it animates it, you can say. Um, well, Mary, by having this title, is 
is, is expressing a spousal union with the Holy Spirit by grace that is so perfect that her identity is completely dissolved. Even that's the language that she would even kind of use, uh, dissolved into um, the Holy Spirit. Of course, she's distinct. She's not the fourth person of the Trinity, but by grace, she's so perfectly united and full of grace that other than the distinction that she is a human person, which is an infinite, you could say, distinction between divinity and humanity, but she's, she's completely dissolved in, in, in this and united to the Holy Spirit. And so, like, like, a, like a spouse, St. Maximilian Kobe says, like a spouse who takes the name of her husband. You know, priests do that sometimes today. I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Peter Howard. You know, and it's like, well, where did my wife go? No, it's because the two have become one in the sacrament, and that's expressed in a personal way. Now, she's distinct, and I'm distinct, but we are brought one through the sacrament. Well, in Saint, similarly, you can say with Mary, God chose her to be so perfectly united, you know, so emptied of herself, that he poured all of himself into her. And he did by the very fact that the Word became flesh in Mary, completely. Just like the mystery of the how, you know, Jesus being perfectly contained under the appearance of a host. So, anyway, I mean, we're getting pretty deep theologically here, but that's, it is a deep question, and it, and the reason why it's so important is because it it connects Mary to the action of the Holy Spirit, and that's why this is important, and that's why the um, the devil does not want this truth to get out, because if it does, then, you know, Mary will be exploding everywhere, because she brings the Holy Spirit everywhere she appears. These are huge manifestations of grace. It is so beautiful, Dr. Howard. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. Peter Howard. Also, WS, I'm doing our station ID, WSFI Antioch, 88.5 FM. It's 9 o'clock. And Dr. Howard, you are speaking on December 16th. Would you like to give our listeners information about how they can come and hear you speak? Yes, I'll be speaking at Holy Cross. Uh, parish uh, in Batavia, and um, the doors will be opening right around six o'clock, and um, there will be a little bit of a welcoming beforehand, and then the presentation will will begin probably closer to six thirty. It's a uh, two part, the ninety minute presentation divided into two parts. I give people a breather, and I uh, and essentially it's it's not just to help them to understand a little bit about the life of Sheen. What I'm focusing on, too, is um, what, what were the keys to his success? How do we understand them so that we can follow in his footsteps? And so I, whether you've heard of Sheen a little bit or, you, you know, or you've read a lot of his things, um, I think that this particular presentation will move people uh, to not just admire him more, but to see that he really does lay out a path to holiness that in light of his beatification and what the church is, is, is shining on him right now is a model for us. So you can um, you know, go to Batavia. You can also go and learn a bit more about it if you go to the website, the Fulton Sheen Institute website. It's simply fultonsheen.institute. There's more. There's a map um, that tells you how to get there. Um, also a little bit more of the details of the talk. Um, and you could also... 
uh, I'll, I'll be posting on social media leading up to it. So if you go to like on Facebook or Twitter, it's simply Sheen Institute. If you type that in, it'll pop up. And I'm always posting things about developments of the beatification events that are coming up. So it's a great way for people to be, um, you know, kind of tuned into uh, into what's going on and also be interactive. I like to, you know, get in touch with people. So there's a good way to get people tied into um, December 16th in that event. And also, um, are you available by any chance to speak at parishes and schools in the area on your talk with your talk in the future? Is there a way yes, that well people can request you? Absolutely. I mean, my goal, and I'm not exaggerating, is I want to bring this particular presentation, um, and it's a multimedia one, by the way. It's not just me. I, I'm speaking, but I'm giving people the sounds and the you know and the sights. Uh, in the video of Sheen, so they're experiencing him as much as they're learning about him. Um, but I want to bring it to every state in this country. Like I said, he's tied into the mission of evangelization, the new evangelization of our country, with his feast day being December 9th, because that's what the Rome declared. December 9th is going to be his feast day. Wow. So it's not just the day he died. They, they, when they gave the decree of the beatification, December 9th is his feast day. So he's now bound up with this, not just historically with that, but now in the in the life of the church especially in america so i want all of america to experience this man because if he is if his example is brought into the life of parishes you're going to see a a renaissance and a rejuvenation of not just the laity but of priests because he had a great love for priests and our priests are under attack that they not only need our prayers and support we need to be able to give them really a, a spiritual father who's going to give them all the um, all the weapons and the recipes you can say to help them to be uh, the, the kind of courageous holy priest that we need today. In the formation, so, and this is a yeah the, the formation exactly. they need. Like the formation has been <laughs> has left something to be desired. I think over over the years, and I think Fulton Sheen could change all of that, couldn't he? Absolutely. Like I said, his, his retreat to seminarians changed mine. And um, if, if, if every seminarian was exposed to Fulton Sheen and his, and his teaching of what it means to be a priest and then looking at his life, this, like, we would, this country would be the, like, the Olympic torch, you know, the, the, the flame that the world's going to see. And, and as as a as a, a roadmap, a blueprint of how to bring this world back to God quickly, and it's going to give us uh, and give our priests, I think, a whole new power to influence people. I know I talk about like what was the source of, of Sheen's power. So you know, this is something that I want brought into every parish. I mean, that's impossible on one level, but it, what it's going to take is going to take people who are listening to this, who are simply saying, "I absolutely want this," and they're going to find a way to make it happen. Pastors might not know how to do it right away, but they're they're depending on the laity to help do this. I mean, even Sheen said that the future of the church is going to be in the hands of the laity. Well, I think you, you know, just we're not went like, taking over the bishops. I think <laughs> I think you went two friends. You went two friends. Here. We're going to get cut off, Doctor Howard, but you won two friends with Bonnie. Maybe we can help you in our listening area. You, for sure, for absolutely. Sure. We're going to get cut off, Doctor Howard, but thank you so very much, and we'll see you here at WSFI. Sounds great. I'll see you soon. You betcha.
Thank you for being a part of the WSFI Antioch 88.5 FM Catholic Radio share Stay tuned for more community hosts and opportunities to pledge your support. Call 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit our website, wsficatholicradio.org, to make your tax-deductible pledge.